0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones-Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. From Mansour's on the Boulevard, we're Out to Lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. In Baton Rouge, real estate is one of the largest sectors of the local economy. And in the world of Baton Rouge real estate, you don't get any bigger than Mike Wampold. Over the past three decades, Wampold has established himself as the premier developer in Baton Rouge with a portfolio that includes apartments, hotels, office buildings, and planned unit developments like Harveston, which is transforming the landscape between Burbank and Nicholson Drive in the southeastern part of the parish. Mike has also been involved in projects in Washington, D.C., Atlanta, and New Orleans, among elsewhere, and no doubt has plenty of other projects up his sleeve that we don't know about. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you on Out to Lunch today. Thanks for being here.
2: Thank you, Stephanie.
1: Well, in a couple of decades, our next guest might be Baton Rouge's premier real estate developer. For now, however, Michael Hoogstrom is carving a niche for himself on the local real estate scene by specializing in custom home building and infill developments. His firm, On-Site Design and Development, has completed in the past couple of years two projects in the mid-city area that exemplify the principles of smart growth. And he's in the process of developing three other exciting projects in the old Goodwood area, including Adelia at Goodwood, which will be built on the site of the old Goodwood Plantation. Mike, thanks for being here on Out to Lunch today.
3: Stephanie, thanks for having me.
1: Michael. We've got a Mike and a Michael. So we'll go back to the Mike for a minute. Juan let's start with you. and Just give people an idea of, of everything that you're involved in in Baton Rouge because when you start ticking it off and naming the buildings and the apartments, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, and I think a lot of people don't realize the scope yeah. of your empire.
2: Well, we have... Um, <clears throat> We have Wampole Companies, and Wampole Companies consist of Wampole Development Company and Wampold and & Company, Inc., which is a property management company. Wampole Development Company <coughs> develops new projects, new properties, and like you said, apartments, office buildings, and hotels. It also acquires and renovates uh, existing projects, and Wampole and & Company... Um, Inc. is a property management company so we manage all the properties that we have developed and own except for the hotels. Okay. Uh, We don't manage the hotels so we are busy. We're busy on the development end with for example Harveston. Uh, I'm partnering with uh, John Fetzer on that development and that will be a uh, 1,500 acre mixed-use development with residential commercial uh, office retail and so forth um working on a um 144 unit um, room hotel downtown baton rouge at convention and third
1: that's going to be the autograph hotel right
2: autograph hotel which will the um, watermark the watermark the watermark baton rouge which is the historic rehab it'll be a really cool adaptive reuse of that building and then (laughs) additionally we have um Bayonne, Bayonne at South Shore Apartments on Stanford Avenue, which will be a 240-unit uh, luxury apartment complex right on the LSU lakes off the campus of LSU. So we're busy on the development end, but uh, on the property management end, we manage uh, one and two city plaza downtown. We, we own and manage... And you
1: built both of those, right? Uh
2: We, we, built we two? acquired one city plaza, and we built two city plazas. Uh, we acquired uh, the Chase North Tower, uh, and we uh, own and manage that. Um, we developed the uh, cb building, which was formerly the Shaw Building at S and I-10, and we own and manage that, as well as uh, Chateau Jean Apartments and Afton Oaks Apartments, as well as the Renaissance Hotel and the Wyndham Hotel.
1: So we really, everywhere you look in Baton Rouge, your stamp
2: is there somewhere. We're usually around there somewhere.
1: I want to bring Michael into the conversation. On-site design and development is a turnkey company, right? And, and you do everything sort of from the design through the construction. And y'all are focusing right now on the older neighborhoods in Baton Rouge, specifically Goodwood. We, that- are,
3: we are. Um, for the most part, we're turnkey. We do everything except build. Okay. Uh, there's a certain exposure and liability there. We've, we've thought about it at times, but um, the majority of our clients are builders, and so um, we, uh, and we appreciate them and what they do. Uh, as far as turnkey goes, though, we from land acquisition, site planning, um, we have in-house landscape architects, we have an in-house civil engineer. Um, we really feel like we understand what we call the big box, meaning the, the, the land or parcel, mm-hmm the medium-sized box, which is the lot or out parcel, and then the small box, which is the building that goes on it. So we have a very macro to micro uh, approach uh, to turnkey development.
1: And you all have been growing over the past few years, but you really got big headlines earlier this year when you announced your project for the historic Old Goodwood Plantation.
3: We did. Tell um, us
1: about that, for those who don't remember.
3: we we are beyond thrilled with this project it is a project that came to us through the current owner of the goodwood plantation which Um, is
1: how old 150 about
3: 165 years old it was built in in the early 1850s Uh, it's a beautiful um, it's a it's a beautiful building Uh, uh, we love to to send people to uh, we have a great website and video on the on the plantation uh, it's Adelia, A-D-E-L-I-A-B-R.com, and that really takes you inside the house and takes you down the front drive. It's a 400-foot drive uh, of oak trees, and it's, um, as, as people have heard me say before, it's almost like a time machine.
1: But I think the, the beauty or what makes this project so unique is you're going to keep the historic house and build single-family residences around it, yes? That
3: is correct. The, the number one goal in on the project is to preserve and uplift... A beautiful piece of historic Baton Rouge and historical architecture, and uh, as our marketing guy says, uh, kind of we're lifting the veil. Um, if you've lived in Baton Rouge for the last 80 years, you've driven by it several yeah. times, and there's a mystique to the property and to the project now, and so we would, uh, we'd really like to lift that veil and and open the house back up to the public. And we're still we're working through those uses right now.
1: That was um, my next question. Have you all figured out what you're going to do with
3: it? It will 100% be a clubhouse for the 45 to 48 residents, um, homeowners that will live there. Uh, we've looked at the idea of a small concierge service uh, or business for people that live there. Uh, we've also looked at uh, personally moving our on-site offices to the hmm. upstairs of the house itself, which would be exciting for us. And then we've been approached by several caterers and uh, other business uh, interests involving weddings, small luncheons, small gatherings. Well I've been doing this for almost 18 years across the country, in 30 different states, uh, in 200 projects. I've seen uh, older buildings, I've seen difficult projects. Um, but this is one uh, not just with the house itself but the it's 16.8 acres literally in the epicenter of Baton Rouge if you kind of take the, the outskirts of Baton Rouge Goodwood is the absolute epicenter of right of Baton Rouge and the plantation site is the epicenter of uh, of Goodwood.
1: Well, speaking of Goodwood, Mike and Michael, we have a special guest joining us today. Being in the real estate business, you're no doubt familiar with her store, Goodwood Hardware. For nearly 20 years it has been something of an institution in the local market and has defied industry trends growing in spite of competition from big-box retailers like Home Depot and Lowe's. Her name is Caitlin Como and her grandfather has owned the store for 20 years. Caitlin, welcome to Out to Lunch.
4: Hi, it's nice to be here. And it's
1: neat hearing about all the activity going on in Goodwood. We mentioned Adelia at Old Goodwood. Michael's company also has some other projects in the area as well, right, very near your store. Um, How? What? What is the secret to your success at Goodwood Hardware?
4: I truly believe it has a lot to do with the family values, and we try to give back to the community. Um, Our customers are very important to us, and we try to give them that personal touch. You all call yourself a hardware store I think what most people really know you for
1: is your outdoor equipment your grills your your patio supplies and such is that is that the, the bulk of your your business
4: we truly have grown to be more than just a hardware store we do a lot of outdoor cooking we have a lot of patio furniture and even your little odds and ends novelty stuff we try to bring local products into the store and a lot of things that people wouldn't get to see anywhere else and the Goodwood
1: neighborhood is so unique. I mean, it's, a, it's an older neighborhood in Baton Rouge where you really have that, that sense of community and a lot of loyal customers, I would imagine.
4: We do. Our customers are wonderful people who like to get extra help, who like to truly know what they're buying and be educated on their products. And so we do a good job of helping them find what they need and giving them the advice that they are looking for when it comes to doing any sort of project. I I suppose you don't see
1: a whole lot of business from the developers and the development community. I mean it's mostly individuals buying for their homes?
4: Well believe it or not we do have some contractors that we work with personally. We carry a very good line called Bull. Um, They do a lot of outdoor kitchens and we have a lot of contractors who come in and buy their products in bulk because it is a good quality product and it is able to help them design a good outdoor living space for their customers. And and how has
1: business been this, this past couple of years? I mean, I keep hearing about how the economy's booming. We see the data, you know, the indicators for Baton Rouge are strong. Are you feeling it in the in the retail sector and your hardware business?
4: We are having a lot more customers come in and wanting to redo their outdoor space. You can tell the economy's doing better. They want to enjoy themselves. They want to spend more time outdoors. So we are seeing a boost in people trying to personalized their outdoor space, whether it be with a barbecue pit or even patio furniture, just making a space they can enjoy with their family.
1: What about in, in real estate? I mean, every every story we've written this year at the business report, you know, just points to more and more growth in the real estate sector. I was talking to the Planning Commission director a little while ago and he said their docket for January is busier than at any time since he's been here for two years because there's so much growth. Do you see that in your in your line of work and absolutely and what's Har- fueling it
2: um, you know i think that you know i think jobs number one spur growth um we're very dependent on jobs in this in this market and every market harvesting has taken off um we started um selling lots and harvesting maybe what a year and a half ago or mm-hmm. so a little over a year ago <coughs> in the first phase of harvesting the first uh full phase is 330 lots we have sold roughly half of those lots within a year and a half which is wow pretty incredible yeah and we have somewhere close to a hundred residents that, that are, are already there. there right now so uh, we have uh i was checking with our uh, sales agent we have <coughs> one unsold single-family home out there right now that's existing home that's unsold and we have two townhomes that are unsold everything else is uh under construction as soon as they get built um, you know they get purchased so what's driving that all i can say is jobs um you know
1: but you see it in you know commercial construction i mean the hotel sector's booming you're bringing new hotels online there are so many new hotels in this area, you know, I mean, and, and we've done stories too about the potential for overbuilding. Is, is that a concern uh, in the multifamily sector or single family or?
2: Certainly happened in the past. I mean, you remember the late eighties and early nineties, and I think you're going to see some of this in Lafayette, you know, Baton Rouge has experienced this great industrial boom along the river. Uh, Lake Charles is, is experiencing this right now. What Lafayette is experiencing is a downturn in the oil industry. So the service industry is gonna really, really take it on the chin. They're starting to see it now. We have apartments in Lafayette. We're starting to see some softness in the occupancy rates there. So (coughs) I think, will Baton Rouge see some of that softness? I think that we will in 2016. I think that Lafayette will really experience that in 2016. So I think that caution is urged Mm -hmm. right now I think that we'll see, uh, you know, some overbuilding in the student housing. In, if you look at all of the student housing that's under construction, all those and apartments, LSU, LSU is doing. It's and crazy. The Nicholson Corridor is playing. I, I don't see how all that product can be a reasonably absorbed over the next several years.
1: And yet, people are still building. They're building. They're optimistic. Michael, um, your product appeals to millennials and baby boomers and professionals as well but you seem to be targeting those two sectors of, of the demographic market
3: though absolutely the, the
1: empty nesters and the young ones just starting out
3: absolutely and i agree with everything mike just said on uh on the multifamily and commercial side and as far as resident single-family residential housing goes um but, you know most of my unfortunately most of my data is from from water coolers and, and lunches <laughs> like this um but, uh, you know, we're, we're at the height of that cycle right now. Um, but a lot of what we're doing is market-driven. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in a really very long time, in decades, uh, you have two markets. And you, you referenced them, Stephanie. There's uh, a baby boomer market, an empty nester market, if you will, that uh, is completely 100% aligned uh, with the millennial as far as lifestyle goes. They travel. They entertain. They want they want that freedom to lock up and go, low maintenance, and um, I have some some personal thoughts on uh, what I refer to as a heightened sense of design awareness in our country right now. Um, Interesting. With, uh, you know, you can think of Target commercials and uh, apps like Pinterest and House, and just technology in general, uh, but your average consumer has a lot more to bring to the table as far as expectations now than they ever had before. And so um, we're able to um, provide more in terms of quality on smaller lots. Um, and if I can go on a little further sure. and kind of uh, complete the loop, this really, you know, th- those markets and that market demand dovetails almost perfectly right now with the extended Baton Rouge Horizon plan, which is Future BR. Mm-hmm and uh, what we've outlined in there, and uh, I think it's John, John Freganese began you know, right. several years ago, I think I have his name right, um, mixed diverse housing types, new urbanist principles, walkable communities, these are not new ideas. These are how our forefathers did it 200 years ago. We've just spent a little bit of time moving away from that and with businesses like Goodwood Hardware, getting to know your neighbor, getting personal service. Living on your porch, all the things that Harveston's doing, Willow Grove, uh, you know, there are great communities and there's some great developers. and uh, you know,
1: it's, it's exciting, really. It
3: really see. is, you know, I, yeah. So,
1: we all, it's time to do the checklist. We'll take a little break. This is that part of the show where we ask you each a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application.
4: So, Caitlin, I'll start with you. What part
1: of your job gives you the most satisfaction?
4: Well, there are two things that make me really happy to go to work every day. One is getting to see my family. It is a family business. We are there every single day, so we do try to get very close to our customers. And on the second end, I really, really do like helping people in the retail setting. Um, Nowadays, you really don't hear that too often, but I like educating them, making sure they know what they're buying, and then when they leave, They're satisfied with it. I don't just want to sell them on something. I want them to be happy with what they bought so they come back.
1: Great. (coughs) Mike Wampold, have you ever considered quitting and doing something completely different?
2: Great question, Stephanie. (laughs) 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 Uh, Have I ever considered that? Uh, Oh, yes. You know, when I first started in this business, when times were slow and money was, you know, not there, I used to think about it every day. You know, maybe I should do something different. You know, maybe I should go back to school. Well, you know, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad that I stuck with it. And, you know, now that I've kind of crested the hill, so to speak, and, uh, um, you know, uh, can uh, see things a little differently, um, I don't think about quitting, but I think about doing things a little differently and maybe not taking that lead development role in the next great thing. And partnering with people like Michael, very talented young people who have a lot of energy and ideas to partner with in in doing the next great project. I still want to be a part, um, you know, and very active. Uh, Still want to continue to manage the properties that we have. And I want to do that, you know, for the foreseeable uh, future. But finding guys like Michael uh, and the Goodwood Project and doing things like that, more like that in the future.
1: Very interesting. Michael, here's one for you. What's your favorite question to ask someone in an interview?
3: Another good question in this interview, Stephanie. Um, <laughs> I I, uh, I usually go through a boilerplate list of questions, and the last question, I always ask them one when interviewing them, because I, I, I typically feel the real interview doesn't doesn't begin until you start negotiating with someone. But I ask them, if you could do any job in the world right now, it's kind of similar to the question you asked, Mike, what would you do? And I say, don't tell me you want to work at an architecture firm or don't tell me you want to work at a, at a planning, design, and development company. What would you do? And I say, if I had my druthers, I would be uh, a band manager for Radiohead. <laughs> you know, I, I would go out on the road and listen to music. That's what I would do right now. But it's a great question to really see where their passions lie and see their ability to present their personality and character to me Um, uh, because uh, what really fuels on-site design if I can take an opportunity is are the personalities and the passion uh, of what we do there. Uh, We're, we're, and Mike just alluded to it, we're a young office. I'm 38 and I have the most gray hair in the office (laughs) Um, and it's tough for me to keep up at times but uh, I have a, a group of people that care about each other and care about what they're doing together. And, uh, and uh, it, it's a, it, that's the best way to recruit new, new employees.
1: That's great. Yeah. I want to ask you all each the same question. Um, you may have different perspectives on it, but what, what do you think is, is the biggest impediment to growth in Baton Rouge? What holds Baton Rouge back? Um, whether it's an attitude or a mindset or just a way of doing business here or whether it's physical limitations of the boundaries of the parish. I don't know.
3: I'll take that one first just because I, I've made a few comments over the last two years. In Baton Rouge, it's about 10 to 15 years behind what I would call an average smart growth city. And I think the number one challenge in Baton Rouge is that Baton Rouge has a tough time not just retaining, but retaining and attracting young talent. And I think a lot of that has to do with using our infrastructure better to create a stronger sense of place. Baton Rouge has the best people, the best food, and the best college football. Um, but I'll tell you, there's sometimes I, I'm a new father for the first time. I wake up on a Saturday morning and I think, well, what am I going to do with my family today? And we love our Breck parks, and we get out and we do some things. But um, I think about our sense of place. I think about communities like Goodwood, where um, galvanizing those older neighborhoods with new developments, and new places to eat, new places to live, new places to shop and work, and using a spine like Government Street. You know, we're, we're trying to do our part on, on the eastern anchor, and Mike's doing his part for sure downtown. You know, I love, and there's a, a ton of guys working hard in the middle in mid-city right now. We have a really a unique opportunity to create a strong sense of place, not just in mid-city, but in other areas of Baton Rouge and Harvest. What it. do you and,
1: think, uh, Michael? Mike?
3: Yeah, well, it's interesting that you ask that question because we
2: went through a, a, uh, a process with, the, with a uh, series of meetings that the chamber hosted with a number of maybe 20 or 30 participants on where do we see Baton Rouge in 2020 and, and, the, and the next 20 years and what, what would hold us back? And it's exactly what Michael said. Um, <coughs> you know, it is the lack of the sense of place. And what gives Baton Rouge a sense of place? Well, quality of life, um, you know, and what, what are the concerns there? And, and what are things that need to improve? Traffic, our infrastructure, crime, schools,
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: public school systems, why are we losing people like Albemarle? Why are we losing corporate people like CB&I that they're going back to Houston? Why are we losing cor- the corporate emeticis? You know, that's some of the um, answers that we need to um, to get to. Quality of life type things. What do you do with your kids on a uh, I'm a new father too. Well, I have a three-year-old, <laughs> so you know, and, and it's um, you know, the LSU Lakes would yeah. be a great project to expand that and to create a, a great quality of life there. Um, you know, the you know, there was an article today in the in the paper about the Baton Rouge Zoo. How many you know people in South Baton Rouge? You know, there's a North Baton Rouge versus a South. Where is the best place for that, and where would the greatest number of people? to enjoy that and to to bring that zoo wherever it is into the 21st century. You know, those types of quality of life things that I think that you know, it takes a coalition. It takes private business, it takes the Baton Rouge Area Foundation, LSU, the state, the city to form a coalition to make these things happen and to improve these things.
1: And I mean no doubt the dialogue is underway. I mean the the, the need for this is, is recognized and people are starting to do something. But it's as you say it's it's a little bit behind the curve. It's a, a, a couple bit. of decades late.
3: But that's some of the best opportunity I, and I mentioned Frank earlier and Mike just mentioned, mentioned BRAF and BRAC and we have great organizations, but it's okay to be a little bit behind. I think we can, you know, there are opportunities there to leapfrog Fairly quickly, and um, you know, we, we, it, Mike's right. And we, we discuss it, it is about sense of place, and you know, we're we kind of you, you know you, you compare Baton Rouge to cities like Austin or Portland or even Memphis, maybe a little bigger Dallas or Atlanta. That's where the sense of place may be a little bit stronger. But we have that opportunity. This and the time is literally right now. We're we're on the forefront of that, and. There's a lot. There's a lot of people working really hard. Um, everyone at this table to make that happen. So
1: that's great. Well, y'all believe it or not, that's all we have time for. So oh, <laughs> it went fast. So thank y'all so much for being with us today. It's great to hear about what you all are doing to create that sense of place in Baton Rouge and to help grow the economy here. Mike Wampold, Mike Hogstrom, and Caitlin Como, thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch.
2: Thank you, Thank you.
1: My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Mike Wampold of Wampold Companies, Michael Hogstrom of On-Site Design and Development, and Caitlin Como of Goodwood Hardware. You can find out more about Wampold Companies, On-Site Design and Development, and Goodwood Hardware by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Rusciutti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Anne Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com.